is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. Continuing tight end week here on Fantasy Football Today. Yesterday, we gave you some sleepers. Today we've got some breakout tight ends for you. We're also putting a wide receiver, a round two pick under the microscope. That would be Devontae Adams. And we welcome all of you. I am Adam Azer. Hello to Jamie Eisenberg. Hey, Jamie. Hey, buddy. And Heath Cummings. Hi. Hi, Adam. And that Dave Richard guy. Hey, Dave. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Uh, we all have a message for you. We all want you to start your fantasy football league right. Do that by booking your draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings at B-Dubs. You'll get a free draft kit and enjoy a draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, and three shareables at a special price. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports, at participating locations, while supplies last. How's tight end week treating you guys? Well, I've got firm glutes. It's tight. (laughs) Shouldn't have asked. It's also kicker and DSD week, which we're not covering on today's show. But tomorrow, little kicker and DST action for you. We're actually recording on Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to publish this on Wednesday morning. So let's start with an email about a tight end. And then we have a voicemail about tight ends. This is from Patrick from a suburb north of Fort Worth. Dave. Let's go with uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. Pat. Pretty far north. Where is the Kyle Rudolph love this year? It's, oh man, I knew the intro. Come on, do the intro. Oh, dear Drew, Michael, Miles, and Allen. Cowboys number receivers. one Cowboys receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, only one of them was like a real number one. Ah, Miles. No, Miles Austin was never their number one, right? He was. He was for a couple of years. He yeah. was when Romo first got started. He, even ahead of Dez. Dez wasn't there yet. Dez wasn't there yet. Okay. And Drew Pearson definitely was, right? Absolutely. It's it's weird that Dez isn't on here, but Alan Hearns is. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Tells you what Patrick from Des Moines, Iowa, thinks about Dez. Where's the Kyle Rudolph love? It feels odd to me not seeing it as how as how multiple times Kirk Cousins has featured his tight end. Actually, uh, Patrick from Des Moines, we talked about this with Scott Fish. He's very high on on uh, Kyle Rudolph because of the Cousins connection. What do you guys think? Is there not enough? Kyle Rudolph love in this world? He just isn't sexy. I think that's the problem is that he doesn't have the huge upside that you may think of with maybe Trey Burton or Evan Ingram, um, the track record or at least the recent track record of Kelsey or Ertz. He's kind of lumped together with Delaney Walker as just a guy that's good, but the ceiling might be a little bit capped. I'll say something sexy. Wait. Never mind. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I will draft ahead of Evan Ingram. I agree. I, I just think, I think, like Dave, for example, you, you, you think that the upside for Ingram is better, which is understandable yeah. given what, you know, he showed last year as a rookie. So I, and for me, it's Burton. You know, I, I think there's a high ceiling for him, but, but I understand, you know, taking Rudolph out of those guys for sure because he's, he's kind of safe. But again, do you want safe or do you want the, the, the higher ceiling? Yeah. You want to go for it, right? This is fantasy football. This isn't your stock portfolio. What uh, is Kyle I, I Rudolph? Like what is it. Kyle Rudolph without touchdowns? Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Same well, thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> basically every other tight end. Not every other tight end. Not this also. certainly Evan, Evan Ingram. What's Rudolph Evan Ingram has had touchdown? 60 or more yards in eight of his last 32 games. 
Well, how many times did Ingram get better than that? Oh, he Ingram averaged about 50 yards per game, and he had over 60 yards. I want to say like five or six games. There's not a lot of tight ends that get a ton of yards. No, that's why the big ones go early. Right. But if you if you start Rudolph in any given week, you're hoping he scores, not that he gives you 70 or 80 yards. Like at least Delaney Walker can do that sometimes. And I, I don't. Burton I, should be able to do that too. As much as uh, Kirk Cousins has featured his tight ends, I mean Jordan Reed athletically is a different player than Kyle Rudolph when he's right. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, even though he's older, Vernon Davis is too. So those those two guys do a lot of different things than what Kyle Rudolph typically will do. But um. I mean, Rudolph is, he's a very safe number one tight end. He's just not somebody I think you reach for. I think he's someone you settle for. And I think he'll absolutely be in the mix in the red zone. Remember, sure. John DeFilippo. I'm, I'm dropping DeFilippo's name every time we talk about the Vikings, but he's coming from Philadelphia. They leaned on the tight end in the red zone. I just, I, he, he might score in seven games. Yeah. That's seven, seven weeks where he'll be good for your fantasy team. Kyle, okay. I think those seven weeks will be great for your fantasy team, given what tight ends typically It'll do. be anywhere from, Seven to eleven fantasy points. A lot of one catch for one yard touchdowns. He's done that though. Sure. Okay. Kyle Rudolph was number six in non PPR, number eight in PPR last year. The year before that, he was number three in PPR, number two in non PPR. He had 132 targets that season. He had 81 last season. He played 16 games both years. Uh, so, will he get 100 targets this year, Kyle Rudolph? Under. Then he's probably yeah, I, not going to be worth reaching for, huh? He's not going to be worth. He's not going to be worth getting excited about if he's not going to get a hundred targets. That's the thing. It's right. You know, the, the year before when he was awesome, he was with a quarterback that really leaned on tight ends, as, as we've talked about with Bradford. Um, it was a terrible offensive line, so Bradford had to get the ball out quick, which is why his completion percentage, I think, was what it was. And you had Stephon Diggs banged up. You had Adam Thielen really not big part of the offense till the end of, of the season. And so now you have those two guys hopefully playing, you know, 13 plus games and a, what should be a good, you know, receiver out of the backfield in, in Cook. Um, again, I, I think Rudolph is, is a top 10 tight end. You know, where he slots in in the top 10 is, I guess, a matter of preference. Cool. All right. Moving on. Let's get our voicemail of the day. Another tight end question. Our email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Our voicemail address is 954 689 Three one nine 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 five four six eight nine three one nine nine. Here we go. Hey guys, uh, Chris from Palm Coast, Florida. Here, uh, quick question: You guys keep talking about you know the top three tight ends and how there's a big drop off, and you know a couple of the other earlier shows were about taking one of those big three tight ends in the first four rounds. I've been doing some mocks and you know understanding my league. I've been able to get Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph. You know, one of those other maybe top seven tight ends that I think has just as much upside as the top three later on in round six, seven, you know, sometimes maybe even later uh, when people start taking quarterbacks early. But uh, I don't really like wasting one of my – not wasting. I don't really like taking one of those top three tight ends or so early when I can get a better running back or receiver value uh, versus the tight end spot, especially because – in my opinion, I think, you know, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, those guys can perform just as well as the Crocs, those guys up there. So, Ooh, love the feedback. Right. Just want to get your thoughts on that. More tight end talk. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, that is what stands out. He says they have just as much upside, those mid-round. He specifically talked about Olsen and Rudolph, and he said that those mid-round guys have just as much upside as the top three. 
And look, Kyle Rudolph was a top three tight end two years ago. Greg Olson was a top three tight end three years ago, and he had a really good year. He had 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. But none of us really feel that way, right? Like, do, do we think that those mid-round picks have as much upside as the top three? I think Greg Olson's upside and Kyle Rudolph's upside are probably in two different places. Sure. But, yeah, I think Greg Olson has the upside. And actually, I'm writing about something that today about the upside of those mid-range tight ends. And I do think Greg Olson has top three upside. But it's not just about what is the number that is their upside. It's also about how likely are they to reach that upside. Ertz, Kelsey, and Gronk are more likely to reach that upside than Olsen is. The, the, the thing with Ertz, which is interesting, is he's never been a touchdown guy prior to last year. You know, it was always four touchdowns was kind of where he lived. And then last year made the jump to eight. Kelsey too, right? Uh, Kelsey, Kelsey was four or five. Four or Kelsey five. Did it, Kelsey's been there for two years now, right? Uh, I wasn't sure. I thought he had, I know he had eight he's last year. He's been there a year longer than the stats actually say because he missed... I think it was his rookie year. Okay, sorry. No, no, but his his last two years, I think he's been no. six or more, right? No. Five, his five, touchdown totals four, are five, eight. five, four, eight. Yep. Oh, so he also and Ertz is yep. four, three, two, four, eight. But the 2016, he had 1,100 yards receiving, so that kind of right. makes up for a lack of time. Absolutely. I I think with with Ertz, if he loses his touchdowns, which I know is a big point of contention with you, Heath, with where Carson Wentz will be, if those touchdowns do go away for the Eagles in their passing game, then it would not be a surprise if Olsen's better than Ertz. And with Gronkowski, Gronkowski in the regular season, you know, he had like three touchdowns in eight games two years ago, and he had eight touchdowns last year. So I don't want to talk about all that today. We have a tight end preview coming up in a few weeks. But it is kind of interesting that he scored 11 touchdowns in 22 games over his last two regular seasons. That's an eight-touchdown pace. That does not give him the separation, Gronkowski this is, uh, from the rest of the pack. However, you know, it just, Tom Brady was suspended for a couple of those games. He's playing a little hurt. I think he was huge in the playoffs in terms of touchdowns, except for maybe the Jacksonville game when he got hurt, uh, this past time, this last, uh, season. So, I mean, like, I, I think Gronkowski separates himself from the pack guys because I expect 10 to 12 touchdowns. And that's the well, only I mean, guy I can I, say I, that I, for. We, uh, we just finished a mock draft and I was having a, a conversation with Will Brinson, who's in the draft. And he said, doesn't it feel a little bit early where Kelsey and Ertz went? And Kelsey went in uh, toward the back end of round two, which is typically where he's going anywhere from the back end of round two being in round three. And Ertz went, I think, in the middle of round three. And if you are so inclined to wait on that next group of guys, which is going to be Olsen, Graham, Ingram, um, Walker, Rudolph, and probably Burton, then wait. Yeah. Yep. Because you, you never know which of those guys can, can be there. Now it's, you know, it, it, it probably behooves you to try and take one of those guys at least, but you could also take it a step further if you want to and, and, you know, kind of play tight end roulette. Do you guys sort of agree with this? <laughs> I don't want to give away our whole tight end preview, but I'm sure we'll have new listeners at that point. We'll have new thoughts. You can't win a fantasy football league without a good, without good running backs. You can't win a fantasy football league without good wide receivers. You can win. A fantasy football league just sort of getting by at tight end. Agree or disagree? Agree. Um, it I, makes it easier though if you have a good one. Yeah, yeah I mean, I agree with you because running backs and wide receivers are two positions. I think you can win a fantasy football league piecing together your number three receiver or even your number two running back. I don't think you can do it with two bad running backs. I think you can do it piecing together your number two receiver. Just yeah, given yeah. how number two receiver just doesn't vary in points very much from 
number three receivers. Those guys are all kind of in the same boat. There are only three, four fantasy points per week separating them, which is weird. You'd think it would be higher than that. You can also win a league without a great tight end. But what you what you really need to win a league is to get somebody off waivers who blows up. And if you do that at tight end, that just makes your team all the stronger. Sure. Yeah, or a late or a late round draft pick, something like that. So we gave you some sleepers yeah. yesterday. How about some breakouts today? And I have some rankings questions for you. You know, why don't we do those rankings questions right now? Ranking question number one. Why does Dave have Zach Ertz ahead of Travis Kelsey in a non-PPR league? He's got Kelsey second and Ertz third in PPR, but he has Ertz ahead of Kelsey behind Gronkowski in non-PPR. Dave, explain yourself. I just think that there's room for Ertz to improve on his numbers from last year. Remember, he put up those numbers in 14 games, and I, I think he's got a chance to topple 120 targets. And Philadelphia didn't add Sammy Watkins to their receiving core. Kansas City did. Kansas City also made a change at quarterback. And I think Mahomes could be a little more aggressive downfield, even than Alex Smith was last year. I think that's in the cards for Kansas City. It's part of what makes Mahomes so exciting in 2018. I'm a little worried that Travis Kelsey's numbers could fade just a little bit and Ertz's could go up just a little bit. So in non-PPR, I would take Ertz ahead of Kelsey. But in PPR, I still have Kelsey ahead of Ertz. It's funny because obviously Sammy Watkins' pedigree is better than what the Eagles added. But getting Sproles back, we've never seen Ertz and Sproles coexist together to the level that Ertz showed last year because Sproles got hurt early in the season. And Mike Wallace, I think, is an upgrade on, on Torrey Smith. I think that remains to be seen. But I would view it that way. So I would almost think that the production of those two guys to what the relationship with Ertz is is worse than the relationship of Watkins to Kelsey. Hmm. Now, the, now the quarterback change obviously has something to do with it. We'll see how Mahomes, you know, translates to running this offense. But I just think that what those two guys for Philadelphia will take away from Ertz is worse than what Watkins will take away because Watkins really hasn't done much outside of that second season that he had. Mark it down. First time that Darren Sproles and Mike Wallace are factors that would take away numbers from from another player in fantasy football. Uh, I mean, I, to me, I think the Philadelphia running backs are all kind of going to take away from each other. They're all going to have numbers of their own. So, so basically what you're saying is Sproles and Wallace aren't factors at all? No, I didn't say that, but they're not going to be factors compa- compared to Sammy Watkins, Jamie? Those I think two Watkins, guys? Sammy Watkins will have better numbers than Wallace and Sproles combined, at least receiving numbers. Don't want to take away the no, rushing numbers. Yeah, they will. <laughs> okay. Oh, mean, if, 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 if you believe that, fine, but it's not true. I do agree that Wallace is an upgrade on Torrey Smith because Wallace can actually catch a ball farther than 15 yards downfield. One other thing. If Alshon Jeffrey is not ready for week one, if Alshon Jeffrey misses significant time, that's a big boost to uh, to Zach Ertz. And we'll see if Carson Wentz is ready for week one, too. I think this is a pretty good bet. I was just looking to see what my uh, projections <laughs> were for Darren Sproles and Mike Wallace. And it was 975 yards, and I've got Sammy Watkins at 947. So I think that's a— uh, How many touchdowns? Uh, receiving only, receiving only. Seven and five. Wow. Seven for Sammy. I'll yes. take the under on those yards for Sammy. There's one other That's thing. That's pretty aggressive though, for Sammy. In yeah. this, uh, in this argument. It's like, it's not just Sproles and Wallace. Sproles plus Wallace. Don't we have to subtract Torrey Smith from there too? Cause he's not, he's replacing Torrey Smith, but, but Ertz existed with Torrey Smith last year. Well, only if you subtract Albert Wilson. Are you, okay. Fine. Who, and they're like, Albert Wilson's probably better than Torrey Smith. 
All right, let's uh, let's do one more rankings question. Heath Austin Hooper, you've got him in your top. Well, you got him 14th in non PPR, 16th in PPR. That's a lot higher than Dave and Jamie on Austin Hooper. Yeah, and I saw that in the notes, and I was like, oh, yay! I get to defend Austin Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get excited about saying something good about Austin Hooper. I I think Hooper, like most of the Falcons' offense, had a little bit of bad luck in terms of red zone production last year. I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, kind of expect him to get more in the five touchdown range, somewhere between five and six hundred yards. That slots in as a number two tight end. Okay. Works for me. Austin Hooper. Uh, time now for our fantasy profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll continue to talk about tight ends, then we'll take, uh, take a little break and put Devontae Adams under a microscope. We've got some news and notes from around the NFL. We'll look at round four of average draft position on fantasy pros and half PPR. Yesterday we did round three. But right now, time for our fantasy profile. It's once again presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Profiling an underrated fantasy football player. Listeners, get to know these guys. They could be the key to winning your season. And again, we have three for you. Actually, we have two because we have a shared breakout. Dave and Jamie have Trey Burton as a breakout. Heath goes a little bit deeper with Ravens rookie tight end Hayden Hurst. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of industry excitement about Trey Burton. So, Damey? Kick it off with Trey Burton, Bears tight end. I just, I think he's going to work very well in that role that Travis Kelsey has been in for the past couple of years with Kansas City. Kelsey in Kansas City, as you know, lines up all over the field, isn't your traditional tight end. And Matt Nagy was very familiar with working with him there. Nagy, now the head coach of the Chicago Bears, picked Trey Burton in free agency. And Burton is going to be the guy who will probably play the slot more often than anything else on the field. I don't think he's going to leave the field very often for Chicago. In limited playing time last year in Philadelphia, which is a similar scheme, both came from Andy Reid's playbook, he scored five touchdowns. I I, I just think that he's going to be a mismatch for everyone. I, I love what what the offense could look like for Chicago, kind of a mix of West Coast and spread stuff. And I think that'll really boost Trey Burton. He's going to get a career high in targets, catches, yards. That's easy stuff for him because his highs already aren't that high. But I think he can get close to eight touchdowns. I'm I'm taking him around six. I, I think he's going to be one of the better tight ends in fantasy this year. Okay. So, Jamie, anything to add on Trey Burton? No, he's a top five guy for me. I would take him over Graham, over Ingram, um, over Rudolph, over Walker. I just uh I have orange and blue rose colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's a talented player. He he remind I don't know, you watched him more than I did, Jamie, but he reminded me the way they used him a little bit, kinda like Aaron Hernandez, both at, at the University of Florida, I mean. Yeah, I mean he can, you know, clearly throw the ball <laughs> yes. quarterback. Exactly. Um he uh he, he's versatile, you know. They can line him up with Adam Shaheen. You know, a lot of people ask us about that, you know, why would they draft Shaheen so high last year? Obviously different coaching staff, but um I, I think just to me, it's not so much about what Burton is capable of. It's what Trubisky is capable of in getting Burton to the level I expect him to be at. Because I think the scheme will be there for him. The offense is in place for him. The role is there for him. Um, we've seen him featured every time Zach Ertz was hurt, and he's performed well fantasy-wise. Um uh, I think the Eagles obviously value him. They value that second tight end, you know, which is why they spent the pick on Dallas Goddard. Um, but Burton, I think, has the potential to be what Michael Turner was when he left the Chargers to go to 
Atlanta, Ooh. what Wes Welker yeah, was, was when he nice. left the Dolphins to go to the Patriots. Ah, huh? I like these uh, kind of yeah, random it, references. Yeah, it's 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 the the guy that was in a secondary role that finally got featured and became a star. Emmanuel Sanders when he left Pittsburgh to go to Denver. You know, the, those type of players. I, I think Burton is one of those guys. I mean, I, I know I I may be overvaluing him and, and getting you know uh, too excited about him, but I, I just think that if you if you're the definition of a breakout. He fits that to a T. And, I, you know, okay, so that's kind of what we're talking about is, is how high is too high for Trey Burton. Because in the draft that we just did, we literally we completed it about a half hour ago. And it seemed like we were going to complete it about an hour ago. But, man, things got very slow around round 12, Brinson. Uh, Trey Burton, Dave, you did take him. You took him in round 7, in the middle of round 7, in a 12-team Stole league. Stole him. Yeah. So that what pick was that? That would be like 78 or something like that? I'll tell you exactly what it was, Adam, okay. because that's what I'm here to do is to tell you things that you should already know. 79th overall. And on Fantasy Pros, Trey Burton is low. He's the 10th uh, tight end off the board. I'm looking, I think, at half PPR, and he's 97th, or is a standard. 97th off the board, um, the standard scoring, non-PPR. So, Heath, you're lower than Dave and Jamie on Burton. I think you have him 9th. Dave and Jamie have him, I think, sixth and fifth, respectively. How early would you pull the trigger on Trey Burton? I mean, I would not take him before Olsen, Graham, Rudolph, Walker, or Ingram. I don't disagree that he has upside to go that high. There's just also a lot of unknown. We are projecting a lot of success on Mitchell Trubisky. And he was terrible last year in a terrible situation, and I don't want to hold that against him. But there's also still a, a decent chance that he's just not as good as we're all hoping he's going to be in this new system. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like they're making this system for him. Like, Well, that's not true. I mean, this is Matt Nagy's system. No, no, they're adding RPOs and spread concepts that he ran in college. That's not part of what Matt Nagy came up doing. He knows about it, but Matt Nagy comes from the well, West Coast. Helfrick too, right? Well, that's the thing is Helfrick basically knows the system that Trubisky ran in college. And they're going to weave the two together. And, and it may work beautifully. I just, it's, there is still a little bit of hoping to go with the Bears offense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes is, sense. It is. But it Chicago's feels very off. similar to the Rams. Same situation. By Quarterback the way, drafted early, terrible system. Right. A All year of offensive minded coach comes in. Oh, we saw two terrible rookie quarterbacks be good last year. Carson Wentz was awful as a rookie. Yeah. It's a good call. And they gave him weapons similar to what they did. Trubisky. I'm watching Trey Burton's college highlights. I mean, he ran one in as in the wildcat formation. He's returning a punt right now. Like this, if, if you haven't really seen Trey Burton, he's he's a really good athlete. Uh, I don't think they're gonna have him return punts. No, I'm just saying like like they used him. They used him the, the way tight ends don't get used that way. That's my point. All right, uh, Heath, your tight end breakout is Hayden Hurst for the Baltimore Ravens. And I'd like to show you some tape of his from college, but it was black and white back then. Because he's old. <laughs> Uh, no, I am very excited about Hayden Hurst. I was a little bit excited when he got drafted by the Ravens. It's just, they spent a first round pick on him and they throw the ball to their tight end so often. 135 targets last year, 158 targets the year before. And then all they've done this whole summer is gush about him. He was way ahead of schedule at their OTAs. He's talking about the rapport he's building with both Flacco and Lamar Jackson because I think he's probably hoping for the same thing we all are. 
but I I think there's a chance that he just steps in and it's kind of a situation like Evan Ingram last year where he just gets a ton of targets for a rookie tight end. And I kind of like the fact that he's older. I think the fact that he's 25 years old may help him handle his rookie year as a tight end better than 21 or 22-year-olds do. How many touchdowns did he have in college? Three or four or something? Yeah. It was was weird. He made a lot of great plays, but he's athletic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just for an old guy. And legitimately, he's do you, 24, 24. Do you worry about Mark Andrews, though, and what the role he'll play is? I, I worry about it a little bit, but they took him, what, two rounds after they took Hayden Hurst, and I've seen more buzz around Hurst. I assume they took the guy in the first round that they value more as a playmaker. I don't think they took him in the first round because they thought he was a great blocker because I don't know that he is a very good blocker. Oh, they he's probably throwing a pass. Both rated high. He just threw a pass in his college highlight reel. Hayden Hurst? Hayden Hurst. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's an, an athlete. Get excited at him. He's, he's a former baseball player. He's a former baseball player. Oh, okay. So he, he's got an arm on him. Uh, I'm going to watch this one last play. It's a fourth down and six. They need it. They're home against Georgia. Oh, he hit him over the middle. He's still going. He's still going. He broke like three of, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm in. I am in. Hayden Hurst. Old man Hurst. You've got him a You can 11th. get him with one of your last three picks on draft day. Yeah. Uh, as of now, you know, once, once headlines start rolling in about how great he is in training camp, then that'll change. Well, yeah, I don't I still... imagine he gets too high. The rookie, Tight end stink still, uh. It's most, it's mostly true. It's mostly true. Rookie tight ends usually do stink. Who do the Ravens have week one? Buff, uh, Buffalo. That's not a bad streaming matchup. It's not great, but it's not bad. Alright, that is our fantasy profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Trey Burton, little Hayden Hurst love. I like, I didn't want to, I didn't mean to take away from what Heath was saying about Hurst. They usually do stink. That's good because that will drive his value down. People won't really want to buy in, but we're talking about a team that does feature the tight end quite a bit as Heath outlined. Um, Brandon Cook signed a five year contract extension, guys. What do you think? Does that matter at all? Well, he's set for life now. So it matters to him. I would guess it matters to him. Yes. It matters to me a little bit. I, I, they're committed to him. You know, it's important. Wait, I thought when guys, like they were, guys were motivated when they were in their contract year. So once they got their contract, they wouldn't be as motivated. That might be true. But, you know, just comparing this to the Sammy Watkins situation where he was a bust for the Rams, I don't know. Seems like this has a much more, much better chance of succeeding. Well, I hope they give him more targets than Sammy got. Yeah, Sammy got 70 targets and yeah, still scored think, a lot of touchdowns. I don't think I blame the Sammy being a bust on Sammy last year. He was, I agree. He was pretty great when they threw him the ball. Whatever it is, I wasn't blaming it on him. I'm saying this has a better chance of succeeding, primarily because it didn't take place in training camp. The trade, their their matchups are brutal for what Cooks is going to face as number one cornerbacks. Absolutely miserable. Yeah. He's going to take the top off. This is going to be his arrival is good news for Woods and Cup. Yeah, I still think Watkins. I still think Cooks is the third best fantasy receiver for the Rams. Le'Veon Bell is expected to skip training camp, but report for the beginning of the season, and that's good. The Saints uh, wide receiver Cameron Meredith hopes to be cleared for training camp as he recovers from a knee injury. Do you guys find yourself drafting Cam Meredith? Late? No, I haven't. I've drafted Ted Ginn. He did get drafted in our draft. He went uh, in the late in the twelfth round of a twelve-team league, so about 140th overall. And then I took Tyrell Williams with the next pick. I was surprised he didn't take Tyrell Williams earlier. You like him? Yeah, though. I went receiver early in that draft, so I was spending my late picks on other things, like Hayden Hurst, who you took in that same round. Yes, Rob Gronkowski will not hold out. 
according to Adam Schefter, not Miss Training Camp. And those are your news and notes. Let's put a second round pick under the microscope. We have done first round picks and second round picks. Gurley, Bell, Zeke, Johnson, Gordon, Barkley, Hunt, Fournette, Hopkins, Brown, Beckham, Julio, Thomas, Green, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and now the guy who was the number 13 wide receiver in non-PPR, number 14 in PPR, here is Devontae Adams. He had 74 catches for 885 yards and 10 touchdowns in 14 games last year. He obviously only had a chunk of them with Aaron Rodgers. Interestingly enough, guys, Devontae Adams averaged something like nine more yards per game without, oh, 11 more yards per game without Aaron Rodgers than he did with Aaron Rodgers. Your thoughts? I just think it's a testament to Adams that he did that. He's really turned out to be uh, a very fine NFL receiver. And he's worthy of being called the number one guy in Green Bay. If he can, if he can still put up good numbers with Brett Hundley, then that just tells you how good of a receiver he is. Yeah. So as I outlined on a show last week, or I think it was the one that aired on Friday, on Monday that we recorded on Friday, Jordy Nelson in his last two healthy seasons with Aaron Rodgers before last year was a top three wide receiver and would have been number one in 2014, whenever Aaron Rodgers missed all that time. Based on the eight games they played together, Nelson was amazing. That was 2013. Do you guys value Devontae Adams the way you valued Jordy Nelson? I'm not ready to say Devontae Adams is peak Jordy Nelson yet. Jamie, Dave? I don't think they're exactly the same type of player. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping Devontae Adams masters the back shoulder fade. Which can be taught, which is a good thing. And touchdowns have really helped him. He hasn't had a 1,000-yard season yet. He's had 22 touchdowns in his last 30 games. About a 62.5% catch rate, which is really good. I, I don't see who else is going to be that number one guy for Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is our number one fantasy quarterback, or at least mine. And I still believe that this Packers offense is going to have to throw quite a bit. So volume is, is in his favor. Catch rate's in his favor. The yards should come to play, come into play. And double-digit touchdowns each of the last two seasons tells you everything you need to know about him. He actually feels safe to me. And I also like that, I, I think I have this right, the Packers have had a top 12 fantasy receiver in four of the last five seasons. Oh, they've had multiple in a, in a couple of those seasons. And it was Nelson, I think it's only Nelson one of them. Only one. No, two. I'm almost positive. Nelson and Cobb one year, Nelson and Adams two years ago. Uh, All right, so twice. Yeah, I, I can double check. Yeah, no, I'm double checking right now. It, it is true. 2014, Nelson and Cobb were both top seven. 2016, Nelson and Adams were both top nine. Um, and they do that without it, you know, it's not like Rodgers throws the ball a ton. He's just so good. So let's look at where you guys have Devontae Adams in your rankings. Jamie has Adams eighth in both non-PPR and PPR at wide receiver. Dave has Adams sixth in non-PPR and eighth in PPR. And Heath has Adams ninth in both formats. So, yeah, why not Adams over A.J. Green? Let's Let me just go there. I like Green's track record. If the touchdowns decline a little bit for Adams, he will not produce what A.J. Green can do, catches and yards-wise. 
But Man, he's, he's never produced like AJ Green. But yeah. do we know? No. Do we know that because we've never really seen him? We've never seen him be the number one guy. We saw it for one game. One game this year, he had about 100 yards and a touchdown. Week two, Jordy Nelson got hurt. He played like six snaps. Devontae Adams had a massive game. We haven't seen this opportunity for him. You know? No, but we're projecting it. Yeah, yeah. So you don't think? But he's, we've you don't seen think it he's... for several years from Green. So you don't think he's like a 1400 yard guy? No, no. But Green can be. Right. Okay. And one other thing. I mean, this guy he suffered two concussions last year and one the year before. This is a huge deal for Devonte Adams. Do you guys factor that in? No. No. I I think almost every player in the NFL is one bad concussion away from not playing for half of the rest of the season. So no. I wouldn't go that far. Half of the rest of the season, they're all like injury risk. Games. Every player is an injury risk. All right. I just remember how we used to treat like Jordan Cameron. And well, I mean, he he was him and Austin. Well, what was his name? Austin Collie. Yeah, those guys were just uh, you know. I mean, you knew you that like fear, bad things for their lives. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. All right. That's uh that's Devonte Adams under a microscope. And Buffalo Wild Wings understands that being a fantasy football league manager is a tough job, so it's important to get a good first impression. That all starts with the draft. And if you want your league to love you, book your draft party at B-Dubs. You're going to get a bunch of things. You're going to get a free draft kit, enjoy a special draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, three shareables for a special price to feed your league. Come in and get to drafting up some league manager love at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports at participating locations while supplies last. What sides should we go with, Heath, if we're getting three sides at Buffalo Wild Wings? Well, there's one side that I always get every single time. So it's the buffalo chips. Oh, I love those. Yes, buffalo chips with um, cheddar jack melted over them. <laughs> that sounds great. And a side of ranch. It's just amazing. Do you ever get the potato wedges? I have. I don't like them as much as the buffalo chips. Also, they have, I, I, I believe they have fried mushrooms and fried pickles yeah. on their happy hour menu. I'm in. Both delicious. Yeah, I like, I, I like, mushrooms are just amazing. You want to hear a great food take? I don't know if I've said Not this if you before. just said mushrooms are amazing. This one you won't disagree with. Nobody could possibly disagree with this. And I apologize if I've said this, but the food that gains the most value when it goes from raw to cooked, is onions. No food gains more flavor value or food value than onions going from raw to cooked. Oh, meat. Yeah, I think meat probably does. All right, aside from the ones that – just the, the food that you can actually eat either way. <laughs> meat. That's a good one. <laughs> but like onions, I don't want anything to do with them if they're not cooked. If they're cooked, I want everything oh, I to hate, do Oh, I hate them uncooked. Right? They're terrible. But who doesn't like a nice sautéed onion, a grilled onion? Caramelized onions. Right? The best. Yeah. Then again, I don't eat raw meat either, so this is a tough call. Finally, something that uh, seems like you guys agree with me on. Do you see my top three action movies list? No, I try to avoid you as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I had to block you on Twitter because you kept blowing my mentions up by replying to You did not block me on Twitter. All of our uh, tweets at the same time at 1130 at night. So my phone just beep. Without even thinking. Oh, what the turn your, turn your notifications off. Are you kidding? That's so easy. Without even thinking, top three action movies go. Top three action movies? Yeah, ever. Die Hard? Uh huh. Love Die Hard. Love Fight Club. Not an act, I don't think Fight Club's an action movie. Rambo? 
Rambo. I got that. Okay, here were mine, just to give you guys some help. One, Terminator 2. Two, Die Hard. Three, Predator. Last action hero. Predator. But I think I might replace it with, uh, with Bad Boys. What? Yeah, Bad Boys is awesome, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, it's I think a good I, movie, but it's not one of the best action movies of all time. I might like Black Panther more than all of those. No, comic book movies don't count. What about Star Wars? <laughs> Why? <laughs> They're a different genre. They're a different genre. What about genre. Rogue One? See, Wait, I don't Rogue think... Rogue One, yeah, Rogue One might belong. I don't That's think... That's a great I, action movie. I don't think sci-fi movies count either, really. Oh, That's okay. not really sci-fi. What, what is this? I never what saw is it. Predator? Can you, can you give us like a definition? Of I think the you know. I think isn't you Terminator know. Two sci-fi? There's a robot yeah. in it uh, from the future, from the but it's also, it, but it's also. Uh, that's a great point, but it's also an art movie. Count? Or no. All right, all right. I, I'll let sci-fi in. <laughs> the the one that that what kept getting votes was Aliens was Aliens, which I've actually never seen, but it didn't seem sci-fi. like it fit the genre of an action flick. But I've never seen it. You've never seen Aliens, the second one? No, I've never seen the second one. I saw the first. What about Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, adventure movie. It doesn't count. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's look at ADP. Here's the take you will agree with me. The category we can agree on, but the take will agree with you. Here's a, here's the ADP and half PPR round four. We have, oh, I forgot to, for, I forgot to mention who's coming on the show later. Total, uh, oh wow. And I screwed up the, the intro to, the intro to regulators. Fantasy regulators are coming up later. But right now, let's look at ADP. 37 through 48. Uh-huh. In average draft position. Kenyon Drake. We'll do it four by, four at a time. Kenyon Drake, Amari Cooper, Larry Fitzgerald, Deshaun Watson, the number two quarterback off the board. He is in early round four. Kenyon Drake, Amari Cooper, Larry Fitzgerald, Deshaun Watson. React. There are some people that just have to have Deshaun Watson on their fantasy team. This is when you have to take him. No. If you have to. No. You can take him in the fifth. Oh, I'm not saying you should take him in the fourth. But if you have to have him, this is not analyst advocated. Round four is it. I'm going to say that like Deshaun Watson as the number two quarterback off the board, I feel the same way as I do about Trey Burton as the number five tight end. Deshaun Watson has enough upside to be the number one quarterback easily. Yeah. He was on his way there last year. I just I can't take him over that group of quarterbacks right before. I can't take him over Brady. No. Yeah. I've got Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, Watson. I think Drake is I drafted him today at the end of the third round in our non PPR draft, and I love it and I'm terrified at the same time. You, you, I, I really love Kenyon Drake, but uh I heard from someone that I trust that Frank Gore is going to be much more of a factor oh, no. than we anticipated. Oh, and no. Kalen Balaj is also going to uh, take away touches. Uh, there, there's there's a very strong school of thought that Frank Gore will actually split carries evenly with Drake and that Adam Gase will get Drake his touches in the passing game. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, say Adam Drake will get fi- or Adam Gase will get fired. Uh, that could happen. It seems likely. Yeah. I mean, based, if, if based, on gonna, this, based on this report. That's a terrible it's like idea. He forgot what happened to Drake last year. Terrible it was idea. Awesome well, I, I mean, year. look, Kenyon Drake was, was, was very good last year, but he's never been a starter. He was a backup in college in Alabama. He was a backup his first year and a half in the NFL. And even when JHI was first traded, we had this frustrating situation of Damian Williams and Drake and who's the guy until Drake kind of separated himself or maybe Williams just wore down. But I, I think he, you, you kind of summed it up well is that you, you, you can somewhat feel excited about Kenyon Drake, but 
there is a strong possibility that it may not materialize until the midpoint of the season. But I kind of feel about Frank Gore almost as like the new Ronnie Hillman, like he's just a cockroach that won't go away, <laughs> you know. And, and I don't I don't mean that derogatorily uh, because he's a Hall of Famer, but um, he just continues to be a factor wherever he has been. Uh, in some cases, in a good way, but I think in this case could be a negative way because he's 35. Well, that was disgusting. I just want to say something positive about Kenyon Drake. I'm sure every like that that's that's what scares me. Everything Jamie just said. The last eight weeks of last year, he had 137 touches, 750 yards, four touchdowns, and he was the number nine running back in fantasy. Yeah, he was really good. And as many things as the Dolphins have tried to do with their offense that have completely fallen on their face, Kenyon Drake as a feature back was one thing that worked. So I guess it makes sense that Adam Gase would do something different. What the hell? Well, Damian Williams could, actually got Could they hurt. just not trust him? Is that really what it comes down to? I mean, to? It, it, it's, it's just, I, I think what ends up happening with these coaches is you have a guy, look, Frank Gore does a lot of things right, but he does them at this point of his career slower than what Drake is and not as explosive as what Drake is and not as high of a ceiling as what Drake is. Forget about fantasy, just on the field. And so he knows when he's standing in at the, you know, in, in the backfield, okay, I need to be here on pass protection. Whereas Drake may have to sort of figure it out for a second and he knows which routes to run where Drake may still take a, you know, uh, two steps where, you know, Gore's cutting an angle on a different, you know, route. So, you know, coaches see things a little bit differently, but, once the game happens and things unfold, Drake showed, or at least showed us, and what you would have hoped showed uh, the coaching staff there. The, the one thing I think that you could take solace in is that they did not pay Gore a lot of money. Um, they did not spend an early pick to get Kalen Balaj. Um, so, you know, Drake is still somebody I think that they're invested in. Again, just the, the, what I was told, it's not like Drake is getting benched. It's not like Drake is uh, going to be a a smaller part of the offense he's just not going to be the featured guy i think like it's almost similar to the report we got about christian mccaffrey like they bring in cj anderson and he's going to get the bigger workload you know i just think gore's going to take away enough from drake that he may not have that huge breakout breakout potential that we saw at the end of last season back in april there was a report that Kenyon drake added five or ten pounds in anticipation of a heavier workload and uh hopefully he gets it all right next group of four in round four after drake Cooper, Fitzgerald, and Watson. And let me just go back and frame it, because Drake is the first pick of round four in a 12-team league, 37th overall. So he's the 18th running back off the board. Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, they had gone before him. Uh, obviously, like Jordan Howard, the Sean McCoy, they're gone. So Drake, Drake, then uh, Cooper, Fitzgerald, Watson. Next group of four, Jay Ajayi, Alshon Jeffrey, Alex Collins, Juju Smith-Schuster. Jay Ajayi, Alshon Jeffrey, Alex Collins, Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm taking Collins if I can in late round three. Oh, okay. I'm I'm kind of separating him from the group of running backs he was in before. I think he's got some wild upside. I, I think we're going to see a lot of fantasy drafts come down to which of that group is better. Out of Mixon, Collins, Drake, mm-hmm. Henry, throw McKinnon in there. McCoy will probably settle in this group. Um Maybe Ingram gets pushed back into this group despite the suspension. And then, you know, whichever rookie tends to creep up into this group of Geis or Penny or, you know, maybe Jones or, or Freeman. Um, I, I, I'm curious with Collins too because, uh, Kenneth Dixon avoided the pup list. So he's going to be back in the fold. They still have Buck Allen. He's going to be part of this. So of those, you know, three guys, well, Collins, 
similar to Drake, will he be able to separate himself from the other guys that will, I think, sort of hurt him a little bit? My biggest fear with Collins is what's going to happen in the passing game because that's not his forte. He did he did well toward the end of last season when they started to deal with injuries, but will they lean on Dixon in that role? Will they put Allen in that role? You know, Collins is somebody that you know. Hopefully, the fumble situation is behind him, but upside wise, he's he's worth taking. You know, end of round three, beginning of round four. At least John Harbaugh called Alex Collins his starter. At least he's given us that much. Yeah, but starter could be. Ten carries. Two series. Don't, 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 don't rain on this parade. You know, I have. Uh, it could be two series until somebody else comes in. Who's getting more touches this year, Kenyon Drake or JJ? That's tricky. I think touches. I'll take Drake. Carries. I'll take a I, I have. Uh, I have found myself liking Juju Smith-Schuster more and more. It probably has everything to do with the Martavis Bryant trade. But <laughs> such an idiot today. I had such a terrible draft today. I drafted. Antonio Brown in round one and Juju Smith-Schuster in round four. Those are my oh, your friendship strategy. On starting, no, it's There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I don't like it. And then I had Ben Roethlisberger in my queue, and I was like, I can't do it. Yes, you should have. Shoot for that the moon. Been fun. That would have been there's fun. No, there's no payment for losing in the first round. Listen, Go between those two wide receivers, you're going to have a double-digit producer every week. It's going to be Brown most weeks, but you'll have it. I mean, there's no way, if you had both of those guys, there's no way you wouldn't have at least one, one very good player. And if Brown gets hurt, you probably have a stud. But Juju is the 19th wide receiver off the board right now. He's with Amari Cooper, Fitzgerald, Alshon, uh, Allen Robinson goes soon. We'll take a look at the next four, cause Jamie talked about fantasy drafts being decided by the running backs. I mentioned the rookies. Well, the uh, final four picks of round four, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Allen Robinson, and Demarius Thomas. It, it, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Allen Robinson, Demarius Thomas. So I'll give the whole round again just to refresh everyone's memory. Drake, Cooper, Fitz, Watson, Ajayi, Alshon, Alex Collins, Juju, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Allen Robinson, Demarius Thomas. It's a risky round, guys, isn't it? It's a risky Welcome round. to fantasy football in 2018. A ton of upside. A lot of upside. And I, I wonder... If who, depending on who you're drafting with, if it makes sense to take Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I know we're not going to say Deshaun Watson, but if you get to these guys and you're deciding between Drake, Collins, Cooper, Fitzgerald, Aaron Rodgers is there. What do you do? Take one of the running backs or receivers. If you if you have three home run picks, it's not a bad idea to take Rodgers. I'll take Rodgers at the end of this round. I'm I'm not interested at the beginning. Between Geis, Penny, Robinson, and Demarius Thomas, Allen Robinson and Demarius Thomas. Does anyone strike you as okay? We're we're about we're picks forty five, six, seven, and eight. Anybody strike you as good or bad value? I never ranked this way, but guys, to me, has the highest ceiling. I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of buzz about guys. One good preseason game. Yep. Yeah, right. And he'll just get shot to the moon, mm-hmm. and he'll be around three pick. I think Robinson's got upside in Chicago. And I think he can volume his way. Does, does it worry you? Because I, I, I agree, yards. but does it worry you that he's still not? Back to full go. Let's see how he is at training camp. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, three or four days into training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he starts on the pup list. And I still make everybody it. freak out. I still think Demarius is the best value of that group. Okay. Sure, but and that's one of the guys that I think you can go after in late, he's in safe. To late round four. I, I just wonder what the upside is with him. You know, uh, we're, we're expecting a lot. You know, you talked about Trubisky. Obviously, we saw Keenum play well last year. But that's the first time Keenum's done it. 
And, right, but and, he's not. He doesn't. Mm, he doesn't play with good quarterbacks very often. It's the Demarius. first time Keenum's been that totally. prolific. Totally, it's the first time okay he's before. been able to stay healthy. I, I, I just wonder if the Broncos are looking at it as now they have other players. You know, during the Peyton era, it was two guys. You know, it was Thomas and Welker, and then Thomas and Sanders. And Thomas getting older. They drafted two young receivers. They apparently love Cortland Sutton. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about Jake Butt and what his role could be. They never had. Well, I guess they had Julius Thomas, but, um, you know, at least this, this post Peyton phase, they haven't had a, a competent tight end where Buck, but, uh, Jake Buck could be that guy. I, I just think that Thomas's ceiling could be a little bit capped. I hope not, but it could be. And at this point, through 48 picks on Fantasy Pros half PPR, 22 running backs, 21 wide receivers, three tight ends, two quarterbacks are off the board. We're going to finish the show with your voicemails and some fantasy regulators. Let's go to the voicemails first. 954-689-3199. I got three voicemails I'd like to play. 954-689-3199. Let's get it started. Hey, Jeremy, Jimmy, Ben, and Kobe. This is Eric from Illinois. I just got a question. I'm going into my first ever Dynasty League. 16 teams PPR, so it should be pretty fun. Um, I probably mock draft two to three hundred times already, just so I'm prepared. I'm curious what you guys would prefer for a start on your team. Uh, let's say I get Hunt at pick 11, and on the swing around of the snake draft, who do you guys prefer to get uh, to build your first two players? Uh, do you go wide receiver? Is it more just who's left? Um, but there's a lot of guys uh, that interest me at that spot, and I think it's pretty interesting. Thanks. Love the show. All right, thank you, Eric. So he has a dynasty, he has a 16 team league question. A dynasty, I don't know how important it is, but first of all, Jeremy, Jimmy, Ben, and Kobe. Saints tight ends? Yes. There you go. Um, we've talked about this a lot in a 12 team context. Not a bad idea to start running back wide receiver or wide receiver running back. Does anything change in a 16 team league? Let's, he has the 11th pick, I think he said, and Eric would take Kareem Hunt one. What do you do in the second round? Best available player at running back or wide receiver. So that second round pick is going to be basically like the end of a second round pick in our drafts almost. Like sure. 21, 22. Kelsey Baldwin. Yeah. Kelsey might be great there. Hilton. So question about for Kelsey. For a while at that rare position. Question about Kelsey or even maybe Gronk. Do you care about? If you're in a startup dynasty and you're, you're. Oh, it is dynasty, gotta, right. Gotta decide when now. Or when, hopefully now, and maybe in the next couple of years as well. So that's the decision between Gronk and Kelsey. I would still lean Gronk. I would probably go Kelsey, but they're really, really close. Uh, but, but my question was, what about taking a tight end in a deeper league? Does that bother you at all? No, I'm going to try and target one of the big ones to give my team an advantage. Okay. Theoretically. Okay. All right, next voicemail here. Another dynasty question. Ranking three wide receivers. Here we go. Hey, fellas. It's Josh from Sacramento. In dynasty, who would you want to target out of these three? Josh Gordon, Sammy Watkins, or Mike Cooper? Gordon, Watkins, Cooper. How would you rank them in a dynasty league? I got Watkins last of the group, and I'm, I'm having an internal debate right now over Cooper versus Gordon. Uh, Cooper, Gordon, Watkins. I, I think I would also have it that way. Yep. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, last one. Is What's Inception an action guy? movie? Uh, is Inception? No. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. It's interesting. It's sci-fi. It? By the way, other great candidates for the third spot on the list behind Terminator 2 and Die Hard. <clears throat> Taken. Uh, the Rock. The glass losing, of water that I need to drink. Too. Yep, I'm choking. <laughs> All right, I'm going to play this voicemail and drink water. What's going on, guys? Buddy, Jacksonville, Florida here. Just got a quick question on draft positioning. So in our league, depending on how you finish, you get to pick your draft position. I am looking at picking eight or later. Half-point PPR. What are your guys' thoughts on which position you guys would take and why? Half-point PPR, 12-team lead. Pick position eight or later. Thanks, guys. Go on. Yeah, I I think this is exactly the type of part of the draft where you're going to go running back, receiver, or receiver, running back. And I think you'll have more running backs available to you at this point. When you he would what pick we should, he should eight or later. Yeah, if he's no, picking he, eight or later, what's the strategy? What's, what's no, the best? I, I, mean, I, I, I was. Best player? I, oh, I'm sorry, because he. I thought I, he was thought, asking what pick we sh- he should choose. He, like, he gets to choose his same, own pick. Same, same. No, he is. He's asking. He, he okay. can pick eighth or later. Which do you prefer, eight or later right. in a twelve-team league? I'd probably go eight or nine. I would take eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Is there a reason? Wheat. Why? Well, well I, I think once you get to the, unless it just goes from nine through twelve and back to you, all the receivers come off the board. You have your chance to get Barkley, Camara. Fournette, Gordon, Cook, whichever guy you favor, and then someone in the range of potentially Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams. Yeah. I think you're in a pretty good position at eight to have two first-round picks you really like in the in a, in a great tier of running back and a great tier of wide receiver, and even Gronkowski if you like. Maybe what you should think about is who you're looking at in round three and where you find the drop-off to be in round three. And decide if you're if you want to be a little closer to the you know the back of round three or you know depending. Look at rounds three and four. Thank you. Well said, Adam. All right, here we go, everybody. Sorry for the loudness. There, it's time to regulate. Uh, this is from some guy in some place near some bigger place. He says, "Hey, Kip, Rico, Pedro, and Deb. That's Napoleon Dynamite. I am in a dynasty league, and I need some regulating. Cut to this off season. I can plainly see online that the league." champion is picking up players this is of course not allowed but this particular site does not prevent the champion from picking up players in the offseason once a month or so he makes an acquisition and then once that transaction transaction disappears from the league homepage, he makes another acquisition i've taken a screenshot of each acquisition when it has happened and i've sent it to, to the commissioner each time the commissioner has said he will reset this guy's roster to what it's supposed to be before the draft all right, sum it up. League champ keeps on cheating, keeps on, keeps on picking up players, and our emailer is calling him out. The commissioner said he'll reset the roster, but I think there should be a penalty for this, says our emailer, and a harsh one. The guy is clearly trying to be sneaky about it because he knows it's wrong, and he's a league champion. As someone who just joined the league last year, I didn't see if this sort of thing went on the previous offseason. How do I know this guy didn't do this last year? I'm thinking of leaving the league if the commissioner doesn't dock this guy a draft pick. Regulate. If the commissioner resets the roster, there's nothing you should worry about. Yeah, in my home league, we we uh, we keep four players each. And I have a friend that I've been friends with for 25 years. And he does this just to annoy me. He's not trying <laughs> to gain any advantage. He just wants me to have to go back and figure out who was supposed to be on his team. It's super annoying. The only penalty I can think of is like a public flogging. 
Have you ever told the friend to stop he? Oh yeah. And yeah. he keeps doing he, it anyway. Yes. He, he thinks it's hilarious. Do you do anything annoying to him? Never. In retaliation. I, I, I don't really do those types of things, Dave. Like, you I know, throw a brick through guy. his house. Hey, listen. Can slash I, his tires. Can I put on my regulating hat right now? No. Okay. You guys. I think we all have our regulating You guys are being soft. You're being soft. This man is cheating the league. He is trying to cheat. He is doing it surreptitiously. He should be docked. A fourth round draft pick regulated. You are a terrible no, commissioner. I disagree. I think that that's too much. Give him a warning. Tell him if he does it again, he's out of the league. All right, fine. Alex from an island in the Pacific Northwest says, Dear Lance, JaVale, Rajon, and LeBron. They're not all Lakers, are they? They are. Rajon Rondo's on the Lakers? LeBron's yes. on the Lakers? <laughs> that I do. Okay. Um, my college buddies and I have been playing in a league for five or six years now. When we started, we had too many participates for one league. Participate. Excuse me, participants for one league. So we decided to divide it into an A league and a D league, similar to the Premier League. Each year, the top three teams from the D league get bumped up, and the bottom three from the A league get dropped down. Everybody following so far? Yes. Yeah. It's worked great over the last few years as it forces everyone to set their lineups and pay attention every week through the end of the season. This year, however, one of the members in the A league has decided not to play fantasy. My question is, who should fill that A-League spot? Should it be the fourth-place team from the D-League or one of the three members from the A-League that are being demoted this year? Easy call. Easy call. It's it's someone that gets promoted up. No, it's for, it's it's somebody from the A-League that's getting demoted. Yeah, Adam, Adam's right. It's not just someone. It's the, the very best yes. team that was just barely at the cutoff because they have been replaced and dropped by a different team. I don't like the idea of there being a superior and an inferior league. I like it a oh, lot. Oh, I they, love it, Dave. No, I'm regulating okay you. If you've got 24 buddies and 12 of them are in one league, 12 of them are in another. Dave, you and suck. You, and you rotate them in and out. You and, but one absolutely league is suck not right bigger now. than the other. One league is not fancier than oh the other. Oh, my gosh. Dude, we're the regulators. Nate Dogg and Warren G would be so mad at you. Ridiculous. All right. From I don't Sh- like it. From Sean. Sean says, I was wondering, what are your opinions uh, for the members of a league to use things outside of fantasy football to trade for players? Examples last year of a guy trading Gronk for Carlos Hyde and $50. Or, or we had a guy trade David Johnson if he did his college algebra homework all semester. I am not kidding. I'm not even going to read the rest of this. Uh, am I being the fun police, or should this be the hill that I die on? It depends on what kind of league you want to have. In every league that I am in, that is illegal. And uh, How fun would it be? Borderline collusion. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I'll write your article this week if you give me <laughs> this player. Yeah. The problem is I, the, like, the best part about that is it gives guys a way to recoup their entry fee once they've been eliminated. Jamie That's would just buy me lunches and like take the best players off my team. We this is one of the worst through. things. I'm gonna. Reg- I mean, just to regulate, die on this hill. Do not let yes. this happen. Yes. Kick those yes. people out of the league. This is awful. Unless they pay you. I mean, it's kind of fun, but yes, it is awful. Yes. It's like, give me an extra hundred bucks and you can stay in the league. We kick so many people out of so many leagues. It's like we're just so mean. Except for Dave. Dave's like Mr. Nice Guy. Everybody should be in the same league, everybody. Oh, that's how I sound? That's how you're going to have me sound? Hi, I'm Adam Azer. (laughs) Say hi, isn't a Christmas movie. All right. We're out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're the regulators, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right.
Na 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 na. na. na.